0: Welcome to Rise and Shine, raw chats with real women in Australian small business. In each candid conversation with a small business owner, we'll explore the messy back end of business with heaps of golden wisdom to help you learn, grow and live your truth. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. Settle in and hear Kate Toon and I unpack originality, personal branding, and giving yourself space to evolve as a business owner. Kate is a business mentor, digital marketing coach, SEO teacher, and self-described misfit entrepreneur. Hello. Hello, Kate Toon. How are you Can I get a
1: little video of us? I'm trying to make a video. I'm a Muppet, um, but I'm about to do a podcast with Rachel Green. Uh, her podcast is called Rise and Shine, and it is all about... Real chats with
0: real women in small business. So it's pretty candid. We talk about stumbles, wins, back-end stuff and front-end stuff. And it's very worth listening to.
1: It definitely is. We're going to talk about my front-end and my back-end and my (laughs) underneath, which is very exciting. So uh, we can find it on Apple and Spotify, uh, where you find good podcasts. Coming soon. Okay, bye-bye. There we go. I'll turn that into a little reel. Uh, and cool share that
0: later. you're so good to think oh I can make content out of this and get more people and
1: sell more I books know. that's I know great. well yeah yeah well hopefully get more listeners on your podcast I like to give good pod I find that lots of people come on a podcast and don't share it sufficiently for my liking putting a podcast together is a huge huge amount of work and we were talking before we started about how lots of guests don't then promote the podcast afterwards and you're like this took me six hours to pull together it's an amazing piece of content share it so you have to if you're a podcast guest please let me recommend that you give a good pod and, and and share it around so yeah anyway
0: i agree so yes. kate how is the latest book going
1: ah oh, god it's a lot rachel uh <laughs> It's good. I mean, I think it's bizarre. It's a whole bizarre process. It's the first book that I've had published by a real publisher, which is really important to me. The whole goal of this book, there's no big business goal. I'm going to be really honest. I just want to be able to walk into WH Smith's and pick my book up off the shelf without me having put it there myself earlier, which I used to do with my old book. So that's really the whole, whole goal, but it's a man, it's a process, so much money, so much, navel gazing and self-doubt and comparison and so many lies around books as well so many people pretending they've sold thousands when you know they haven't and you know boasting about, I mean I boasted yesterday about being an Amazon bestseller right I was number 80 in the book chart not in the business book this. not in some obscure category but the truth is I mean I don't know how many I sold yesterday it was for a nanosecond I take my screen grab. I say I'm an Amazon bestseller, but I'm not really an Amazon bestseller. I'm not Stephen frickin King. Um, But people make a big hoo-ha out of it. So yes, it's an adventure. That was a very long answer. I will try and be more succinct.
0: No, I like long answers and just roll with it and go wherever you go. That is fine. (laughs) She's doing crazy hair stuff right now. (laughs) Um, So what do you mean all the lies? Like you mean just in terms of like bestsellers and the stats is that what you mean?
1: I kind of mean that and I kind of think that you know publishing a book is a rich business person's luxury much like speaking at conferences and going to retreats and you know all that kind of stuff like you can't do it until you can afford to do it so you have to have a modicum of success before you can do it also that the doors are somewhat closed like it's much easier to get published if you have been on a TV show or a radio host or a minor B-list, D-list celebrity, you know. Um, And it's who you know. So, you know, some of us are more connected than others. Unfortunately, I have no friends whatsoever, although I'm going to pretend that Rachel's my friend. So, you know, if if you are in the know, if you are rubbing shoulders with other people, then it's easier. So there's a lot of gatekeeping that makes it very hard to get in in the first place and then after that yeah the the, the money man i mean even if you if you self publish you're dropping 20 grand easy on the cost of the book the proofreader the typesetter the cover design and then any kind of pr marketing and distribution if you're working with a hybrid you're dropping 15 grand easy you know and then after that there's the you know the the publishing the pr you know, but you get the distribution. It's an expensive thing. It's a luxury thing. And then, you know, book launches. I'm doing a book launch in Sydney. You know, it's costing me, I don't know, two, $3,000. $3, will I cover that in the ticket cost? Absolutely not. In fact, every ticket I sell, I lose a bit more money because the per head cost is more than, uh, you yeah, know, it's a lot. So, you know, a lot of small people, small business owners will be looking at it going, I'd love to do that. And it's like, you definitely can, but it's definitely a luxury item in your business.
0: So gatekeeping, nasal gazing money,
1: why are you doing it? Because I want to see my book in WH Smith's. Um right, because, we did that, yes. Yes. No, I think look, in reality, it's an amazing thing to have achieved. I'm I'm massively into books in my real life, not necessarily business ones. Um, books have gravitas. You know, if someone can put their ideas put put their ideas into a book then you kind of judge them slightly better I think I think we still have a lot of respect for books although chat GPT will probably change that and obviously they open doors so you may not make the money back literally on the book but you know speaking gigs opportunities TV and just bringing your awareness more awareness of you into the world also I do actually think that my book's actually very good and helpful and I wish I'd had it when I started my business, uh, because, you know, it's all full of all the errors I made and how to vaguely avoid them, you know, so and and advice on how to make more money and be more productive and deal with partner issues and child issues and all that juggle. And I it was it was a real struggle. And if I can save someone from a bit of that, then I'll feel like my book has done some good, you know,
0: it will do. Many, many good things, I'm sure, Thank because, you. Thank you. yes, it's like a manual, maybe it sounds like a manual for how females and males can succeed in business, potentially.
1: Yeah, yeah um, hopefully.
0: You are many things, too. You started as a copywriter. You became known as the Beyonce of SEO. You're a mentor, a coach, an author, a mum, most importantly. You are a lover of teal blue, uh, dog walks <laughs> on the beach, coffee, and you're also a camper van renovator, and TV celeb. Uh, And a person I bump into at the
1: school fate. Yes, that was such a good school fate, by the way.
0: (laughs) You are just everywhere and many people. So how do you define you?
1: Oh, my Lord, what an existential crisis question. I think I'm a creative business doer and mentor. So I think, yes, I, I mentor people, I coach people, I have memberships and courses but I'm still very much doing the do so you know I'm not sitting on a on a on a high back chair dispensing globs of knowledge I'm still out in the gladiatorial pit fighting the same lines as the people I'm coaching and I think that gives it a level of 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 realness do you know what I mean I'm still making horrible mistakes and effing up and sharing that so but at heart I think I'm a creative that's how I would which is a really wanky kind of advertising term I love making things you know, I really desperately want to have a market stall where I sell stuff. I just can't can't think of anything to sell. And it probably wouldn't match the income I make from my online market stall. But that's what I'd really like to be doing, writing books, selling stuff at craft fairs and walking my dog on the beach.
0: Wow, it's a much Mm -hmm. more, I don't know,
1: insular existence, because you
0: you impact so many people with where you are right now. So what I want to ask is, how did you get to be here Right here, right now, talking to me from you and your miner to me in the north shore. Take me back to your very first job and walk me to this point in a two-minute grab.
1: No, go <laughs> super. No, yeah, maybe three. <laughs> you can um, do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I started working from a very early age. I had my first job when I was about twelve, um, subcontracting to my brother doing his paper rounds. Um, I've always <laughs> sort of made things and sold them always like I had a little membership when I was about 13 I had a market store when I was 14 always membership
0: press pause it was
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's such a weird membership I had the monkey club Uh, that was one (laughs) membership where you got uh picture i had a membership card and you got a weekly magazine but there was only two editions and then i had an either the engine which you won't even know what that is either the engine fan club which i managed to persuade about eight of my school friends to join they got badges and stuff again short-lived memberships are really hard i knew that even then um Yeah, so did a lot of stuff like that, went to uni, did a completely pointless, you know, uh, cerebral degree and then left and worked in admin jobs. And then eventually got a job in a fancy ad agency in London, just as a PA to an absolute shit given, who was awful um, and worked there for a bit. Other advertising agencies came to Australia as a backpacker ran out of money in a week, got a job at Ogilvy, worked at Ogilvy as a producer, went back to the UK, worked at an ad agency as a creative for a couple of things, came back, a couple of contracting jobs. And then I was miserable. I hated advertising. And then in about 2009, well, exactly in 2009, I got pregnant. And I knew it took taken me a long time to get pregnant. I'm being told I could not get pregnant. So I felt like it was a massive gift from the gods and that I really wanted to be I don't know, what I thought was a good mum, which did not involve working full time. And that's, you know, not, not necessarily true at all. But back then that was how I felt. So I gave up my job in advertising when I was five months pregnant, started katoon.com and kind of that's when my business journey began.
0: Wow. Very that was pretty quick. Wow. Excellent nutshell. Love it. Because <laughs> that's what copywriters have to become very good at, like writing succinctly and condensing a business owners ideas and thoughts and wants and needs with best practice and all the SEO stuff and brand voice and all those layers into one interval well, into really short hook you in copy yeah. so yeah it's um interesting you didn't start out as a copywriter because what I really wanted to talk about today was I guess um allowing yourself to evolve as a business owner mm, and when yes. you realize that oh I'm standing here but that's not at all where i started or where i thought i would be so yeah it's um it's so interesting to hear your journey um so when you rose to seo glory with your recipe for seo success course um how did you realize that you're not just an seo queen or even a copywriter because you don't even do copywriting these days right no
1: i mean i think you know like you said we're all evolving all the time i'm i'm not the same person i was yesterday do you know what i mean the things my needs and desires have changed dramatically between 10 o'clock and midday so you know I was a copywriter for about six years which served me very well when my son was little because it's a very easy job to kind of turn off and turn on you know you got but they're also very stressful and difficult to make money but I'd kind of got to a bit of a ceiling financially you know my quotes were being rejected by Telstra and it was like right that's probably as much as I can charge and I never had any more time like I've always had the same amount of time so that was when I thought you know let me try and make something let me try and sell one to many rather than one to one so it wasn't necessarily about passive income or making more money it was about being able to sell the same thing to multiple people i went to pro blogger i saw a great woman who talked about a 10 day course that she'd done it was like a recipe thing and i thought oh i could do that on seo cuz i'd done an seo workshop like a day long workshop which was really you know it was good but people left Overwhelmed, And I was like, I wonder if I could break this down into chunks. So I launched that. It was free. I got like 500 people on it very quickly, partially because I shared it in the pro blogger conference group. And I'd just been and spoken on stage for 10 minutes. I won a slot. My first proper speaking gig spoke in front of 500 people. It was horrific. Um, and then from the 10 day challenge, then I built the course. Then I built the whole infrastructure, did that for a bit, but I'd also started a clever uh, a copywriting membership which is always run alongside because at heart I'm a copywriter. And then it's just expanded from there. It's very much audience based. So people did the course, but they were like, ah, oh, kind of want your support after the course finishes. It's like, okay, I'll make a different membership. Oh, we want a template for this. Okay, I'll make a template. Oh, we'd love an annual event. Okay, I'll run a conference. So it's not been very tune led, it's been very intuitive. I feel like a sort of, you'd only throw a stick in the river and play poo sticks and you see which one comes out under the bridge first I feel like a little log floating down the river bobbing wherever it goes I'm not a very intentional log
0: it's not necessarily a conscious kind of reinventing of yourself it's just a natural evolution wherever the floating voting takes you
1: it is and then there's points where the log gets jammed in the stream I'm going to keep going with this analogy even though it doesn't go you know you get jammed up against something and you kind of want to keep floating and you're like, why am I jamming up against this, which is probably where I got to with serving clients, it was like I can't have clients and do all this passive income stuff. So it was a, I, I stayed jammed for a long time in that bit in the river because I didn't want to give up my identity as a copywriter, but then I let that go and I kept on floating. And then I was doing SEO for people, but I was like, again, I don't enjoy doing SEO for people, sat there for a bit, but then let that go. Because obviously income goes with that as well. And it's, you know, client-based income is very, you do the work, you get your money. Passive income is very much, you do the work and you may get your money. You know, it's not quite the same exchange. It's a bit more risk-takey. So, yeah, there's a couple of moments where I've jammed up and stopped and it's taken me a while to keep going with the flow. But, yeah, it's that's that's my analogy and I'm I'm sticking with it. It works. Um, I,
0: <laughs> I've become jammed too, like similarly, but I think I've made peace with the fact that being a coach, a mentor, a big person out there and having a course or, I don't know, I don't think that's for me. And if it is, I'm not personally, I'm not, my soul isn't there yet, if and if that thing's waiting for me. So,
1: yeah. And the thing is, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like one morning you wake up and you've got a big course and whatever. If you'd have told me seven years ago that I would have the business that I have now, and the number of people and the, I would have vomited probably on your shoes. <laughs> um it just happens so slowly over time and and sometimes I do need to take stop because I still think I'm the same person I was when I started a bit more confident a bit older but it's not like I sit here thinking oh look at me I'm fantastic with all my stuff you know and sometimes when people are like oh god Kate you know I've followed you for five years I'm like have you why why you know because it's just me and my knickers in a, in a shed in my back garden so it doesn't. Ha- it happens very slowly, and you don't notice. And then suddenly, you're kind of it's thrown in your face, and you're like, "Oh wow, I, I have achieved some stuff." And it's very uncomfortable. I don't. I, uh, I don't like that whole side of it either. You know, like I want to do it, but I don't like the celeb aspect of it, and I don't like being compared with other people. And I don't. Uh, uh, it's it's icky. You know, I don't know. Yes
0: it is I guess do you feel like you're the celeb in some way in the business world because you are speaking like you've done international things and you're doing another one in May which I I'll be at in the Netherlands
1: no uh not at all I mean I think I'm a little bit known in my very very small circle I don't have many followers on any social media channel you know you compare me to some other sort of female entrepreneurs, you know, uh, like Tracy Harris or Denise Duffield Thomas or Sherry Clonan or anyone like that. And they, they've got, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 followers. I've got like 10, you know? Um, so I don't know if I'm well known and I'm definitely not famous. And, but yeah, going and speaking at events, I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's a mad one. It messes with my ego. It's exciting and thrilling, but it comes at a cost. And at the end of the day, it, I can't describe I don't want to poo poo it because it is amazing but equally it's utterly meaningless you know just because I'm standing on the stage we could literally swap seats you and I Rachel you're going to be in this in the audience I'm going to be on the stage you could we could literally swap sheets, swap sheets we could swap sheets as well uh swap seats and you could be up there talking about stuff like it, it it's just it doesn't mean anything I think it's just confidence and who you know and the longer you do this the more people you know if you're and if you're not a complete asshole, people like you and they invite you to do stuff you know oh, so yes yeah. I
0: think it's also putting yourself out there making yourself real
1: obviously but vulnerable like mm.
0: yesterday you did the whole story with it oh, which I bloody loved no <laughs> like <laughs> you put yourself out there all the time you know you really show who I guess, who I imagine is the real Kate Tune. You've got bed hair. You've got tuna and yam. You've you got, saying? you know, gym, gym, gym selfies. Yeah, some weird ideas that you know you admit this is a weird thing and you put it out there. Like mm. you, yeah. What's what's that like? Is that I don't know. Is that the real Kate Tune?
1: It is the real Kate Tune. I mean, the longer you get, I mean, the older you get, the longer you go on, the more exhausting it is to try and be something you're not. There've been lots of non-real Kate tunes in the early days. You know, trying to be something I'm not. I do just go live whenever I feel like it. I don't put makeup on or have a ring light. I have got a ring light here, which I use to put, I've got a tea towel on it at the moment. Oh my God. And it just fell over. And there we go. Um, Sorry. I'm having tech difficulties. Um, So yeah, I am. And I'm a bit of a babbler and people listening to this podcast will be like, Jesus, get to the point. You're so annoying. And that's the thing. If you are your true self, it's a bit taunting because then people get to dislike who you really are. Like, if you put a facade on and someone doesn't like it, you're like, well, "I don't care. That's not me anyway." But this is actually me. So when people come to me and don't like me, which happens, you know, fairly regularly, it's 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 confronting, you know. Um, but it's it's much easier. It's yeah. God, I'm not very coherent today. I haven't had sufficient coffee. I should have. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's good. This wow. is the, this is the real me, I guess. You know, it's it's not all articulate and bullet point. So, yes, it is the real me. And is that problematic sometimes? Yes. And does it feel vulnerable to a degree? And sometimes I feel like I play quite safe by just talking about the same things to my people rather than putting myself out into the world, which is why this book is terrifying. Because I do think this book will introduce me to a bigger audience. It's going in Big W and WH Smiths and stuff. So people who don't know who I am will read it. But it's very me. There's lots of idioms. I talk about we a lot in the book. Um, which I think is a really important part of being a small business owner. Um, and people aren't going to like it. And I just saw a mate of mine get ripped a new bumhole on Goodreads with just hundreds of negative reviews. And I'm like, God, what if that happens to me? Like, what if people find something in the book that is vaguely hints of something that's not quite right, cancel culture, Ooh, terrified of that. So yeah, it's, it is vulnerable and it is scary.
0: I did note... You did a wee yesterday.
1: (laughs) I did do a wee. Wees are so important. I don't think they're talked about enough. Like women will hold in a wee for like, because we've got the capability, right? Pelvic floor, which in some way is good. But I've spent entire days holding my wee until that wee is kind of reabsorbed back into my system. And then I can't wee. And, uh, you know, I'm like sitting there thinking, why do I have a headache and I feel so tired and ill? And it's like, because you literally haven't consumed any water for two days um, because you don't want a wee because you're too busy. You know, yeah. um, and and I think how often you eat is a measure of how chill your business is. Um, ah, that's an interesting go.
0: metric. Because yeah, because I go and fill up my big jug every now and then at the fridge, and sometimes I sit there and I think, I stand there. Sorry, sitting. I stand there and I think I don't have time for this. Then I'm like. Other, other side of my brain is like Rachel you are a human you are allowed to drink water and we do have time for this and
1: stop it's so and breathe. Ridiculous. I get a little notification on my phone telling me to drink water and I'm like f off don't tell me what to do and I delete it because <laughs> I can't be told what to do ever by anybody even by an app on my phone that I have set up so we're <laughs> idiots we is an important metric how you respond to we says a lot about your character.
0: Yes I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like it can't be denied. You are original. There is no one else I've ever come across like you. Just like there's probably no one else who's just like me with this outrageous (laughs) laugh I have. Um, And I know that being original can be tough, especially when you put yourself out there in the way that you do. Um, So talk to me about being original and protecting that originality in a sea of lemmings and people who want to, like, ride on your coattails.
1: So funny that you asked that because I I thought you were I could see where this question was going and I, and it it made me really have a little moment I just had a little epiphany I've had an epiphany on your podcast Rachel Green yes, I have not idea. thought about that for maybe a year and I used to be obsessed with copycats oh, and protecting my stuff and my originality and my whatever you know people always sending me stuff going oh look look at this person it's the same image you use and it's this and I'd be like right you gets you know and I'd sit there for hours rage typing emails that I wouldn't send honestly so much wasted time and now I don't I absolutely don't give a crap and I don't know when I noticed that happens so there's a little unnoticed evolution because I just it's so exhausting cop- looking at what other people are doing and I've seen so many people come and go while I'm still here I mean I'm 15 years I've seen so many copywriters overrank me using the exact copy from my homepage. But then two years later, they're not there anymore. You know, it's a long game. I'm playing a long game. And I'd rather just not be aware of it. Like someone yesterday posted something from a very famous entrepreneur. And it was very similar to the title of my book. And I was like, oh. and and there's like, oh, look, she's used your font and it's teal. And I'm just like, good on her. If you recognize that, and thought it was a bit like mine, then you're probably not alone. And everyone else will think that too. And so she's actually done herself a disservice by emulating anything. And I'm not going to be the one to point that out. That's for her to realise. So I just don't care at all about it anymore. And I don't know when that happened, because I used to care about it all the time. So thank you for letting me realise that I have grown up you're most
0: welcome Thank i you. think if if a person sees your font and your color and thinks of you well that's, that's branding right, 101 it? you've but at the end of the day I use, it.
1: I use railway and teal and everyone in the world uses railway and teal so whatever do you know what i mean like one of my favorite people i work with leanne shelton we both agree that we bleed teal because everything she wears is teal whatever and it's like there's only like 27 colors that's probably not true you know what I mean like you can't be protective over a color or a font or a word or even a phrase like one of my favorite phrases is shit given it's not even mine it was some someone wrote it about Donald Trump you know the makeup of what you say is made up of so many references and influences and you don't even know where you got it from. And I have to sometimes write stuff and then Google what I've written just to make sure that I didn't copy it from someone. You know, I had this phrase, uh, you know, there's a great meme and it's like, sharks don't worry about other sharks. They just get up and be a shark. Sharks don't complain about Monday. And from that, I got this whole idea of Be More Shark, a book that I never wrote. I found out recently that, A, that is a quote from the captain who I follow on Instagram. He wrote it about four years ago, and it's just got into culture, and I didn't know. So I would have used that, not realizing it was someone's. And then, B, a lovely guy who I love following on TikTok, Niall something or other, wrote a book a couple of years after I thought of the Be More Shark one called B.A. Shark. And did he copy me? No, it was just an idea cultural ideas pop up you know and people are like you copied me and it's like no more than one person had the same idea at the same time there's hundreds of us of course that's going to happen so that was a babble as well but yeah I don't worry about it
0: it's interesting because when you talk about how you know you've had copycats and people who took things that you wrote and you don't want to know about it anymore I have had a similar I guess maybe similar, but not at all similar. (laughs) I I don't know. I've had in the past, you know, people that I thought I put on a pedestal and I thought that's an amazing copywriter and I would love to be able to write like them, to be like them, to present myself like them. And then like a few years later, even six months later, I've looked at work they've done and I'm like, That's actually awful. I could write so much better
1: than that. Funny, because I think it's great to have people who inspire you. You know, when you're running, you have somebody who runs just a bit faster than you and use them to pace yourself. Then you overtake them. Then you pick someone else a bit further ahead. I think that can be useful. And I have in my career as a business owner been fixated on certain people for a period of time, followed them, you know, looked at their email. What are they doing? Where are they speaking? I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. And then for some reason I just forget about them and I pick someone else. And these days I really try to not pick anybody So I, although I know a lot of people on online, I don't follow any of them and I've apologized because it's, you know, I want to be supportive, but sometimes people pop it up in my Instagram feed has the opposite effect than it should. I'm not inspired. I'm actually demotivated. It makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. And I've got enough crap going on without worrying about that every day. So I don't have any running mates. Now I just measure instead of, you know, that's one way of getting faster at running. The other way is to time yourself yesterday and time yourself today. So I, measure myself and it's so cheesy and woo-woo but I measure myself against myself can I be I don't try and be better than I was yesterday I generally just trying to be as good as I was yesterday you know can I do you know what can I do today to make today memorable um you know what can I do today to move my business forward just a little bit or just keep it where it is you know that's what I focus on now
0: so how do you define success then in your terms
1: Yeah, I used to define it very much by time flexibility. When I had my son, that was definitely, you know, I don't have to work for the man. I don't have to put a bra on. I can work from home. Then it became very much about money, massively about money. So for years, it was money, 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 because I got in big debt with the tax office. And then I wanted to make that up. And then I was like, oh, I could pay my mortgage off. Oh, I could do this. Ticked all those things off, which was great. But it doesn't change you think it's going to make your life amazing it doesn't you know I was replacing perfectly good cushions with better cushions you know like I'm not a particularly materialistic person so (laughs) and then it was about ego you know speaking at events getting people to like me testimonials and kate amazing getting on podcasts then I realized that wasn't much cop either and now it literally is about having a nice day which sounds so pathetic. And people have asked me this on podcasts, like, what's your why, you know, do you want to help children and orphans in, in, in Africa? Yes, I do, but it's not my why. My why is literally, can I fit in, walk in the dog, go to the gym, maybe have a nice breakfast, hang out with my son, make dinner, make dinner myself, like actually cook something and watch a bit of telly. It's awful, isn't it? And talk to nice people like you, you know, like this is a little high point of my day. I get to talk to you, um, that kind of that fills me with enough energy I'm a bit of an ambivert and that makes me feel happy and then tomorrow I might talk to someone else nice and that's it which sounds pathetic but that is what it is.
0: Pathetic at all that's like people say it all the time have a nice day like it's just the railway thing because it's it's what we all want we all want to enjoy whatever we're doing and yeah. for you what you do enables you to do that even if it's simple things or things that you think are pathetic. I. I think it's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's about eradicating as much stress from your day as possible. Financial stress, work stress, client stress, family stress. So, and and you don't appreciate that until it's gone. Like health stress, all of that to try and minimize that and have, you can't be happy 80, 90% of the time, but maybe 80, maybe 70, maybe five days out of the week, you're pretty good. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, And I feel that that's a huge luxury to have that. And also something I've learned in recent years is not to, mistake toxicity and drama for excitement right my day to day business is very boring very groundhog you know it, you know i'm writing a book sounds sexy i'll do a few book launches there'll be pictures on instagram but 99% of the time i'm in my knickers at my computer fiddling with excel spreadsheets it's boring and i think boring is absolutely beautiful because there is just zero drama my heart rate does not go up at all and I absolutely love that it makes me sound like I'm dead inside which I partially am but I love that
0: yes I love that idea too maybe <laughs> I should take a piece of your cake I mean a leaf, out, a leaf out of your book you
1: can lick my cake whenever you want
0: oh thank you <laughs> so what, what's next for you Kate? Tune?
1: no I'm not more of the same I'm very excited about this book I'm really going to give it a hard yak I don't know if that's actually a phrase that I've made up Um, like a solid year it's called six figures in school hours how to run a successful business and still be a good parent so um, maybe I'll give you a couple of copies you can give away to listeners uh, that if you want to but um, yeah so I'm gonna you know push this book you know do some PR for it you know try and sell some and then I'm already speaking to my publisher about my next book which I'm quite excited about so really I just want to potter about write books keep things ticking along And, you know, what's next? I don't know, because as we said, I mean, I think the theme of this podcast is natural evolution. Be be that log, be the happy floating log with as little drama and toxicity as possible. See where you bob. When you get stuck, examine why you're stuck, you know, and ultimately I'll probably be chewed on by a beaver and made into a dam, which I don't know what that means, but in in an analogy way, but ultimately it will all end. You know, maybe I've got another five years of doing this and then I'll change and become a yak herder. But yeah, for now, I'm just going to keep bobbing along.
0: Uh, Where can we find you online, Kate?
1: Google Kate Toon and you will find me for I am relatively good at SEO.
0: You are so awesome. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Please leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave, business-minded women like you. You can find me online at shinecopy.com.au.